Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm the host of Allergic to Small Talk. I'm an expat living in the UK. I own two businesses, have my executive MBA from Pepperdine University, and I come riding dirty, having fallen from the polished corporate world. Allergic to Small Talk is a show about how to grow your small business through networking, plus the tools and resources needed to develop your foundation as a business owner. If you're allergic to small talk, get ready for big conversations that are delivered to you in bite-sized chunks that you can implement right away to transform the way you view, operate, and grow your business. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. A lot of creativity goes into starting and running a small business, from dreaming up your concept to then executing it every single day. But somewhere along your business journey, your creativity will run dry or can be super tough to execute. In this episode, you're going to learn what creativity is, how to hone it, and how to get more of it, especially when you really need it. Working alone can be tough, especially when you're stuck on a problem or challenge that prevents you from taking the next step in your business. In this episode, you're going to learn how to surround yourself with a panel of experts in a mastermind to get you out of those tough moments in your business. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Allergic to Small Talk. You can catch me here every week or say what's up to me on Insta at It's Row Grow. This week, I have a dynamic guest for you. His name is Rocky Buckley. Rocky is an entrepreneur, coach, consultant, and the creator of the Platinum Path Mastermind, where he and his faculty of experts help thought leaders, authors, speakers, consultants, and coaches reinvent their expertise and shift into high-priced, lifestyle-friendly business model. He is also the creator of the Power Persona Framework, a unique inside-out strategy for personal branding and positioning as a public figure. Over the last 22 years, Rocky has helped his clients bring over $100 million in training programs, curriculum, and information products to the market. He's consulted on over 3,000 projects for clients ranging from billion-dollar brands like Pearson, Wiley, and Macmillan, to experts, authors, and entrepreneurs in seven countries and over a hundred different markets. Rocky, welcome to the show. Thank you. So good to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. And I just want to get a little bit more background on you and your business and kind of understand what led you to where you are today. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I started Back in the last century, <laughs> as I said, I've been in business, <laughs> business for 20, 22 years. Um, yeah, in 1999, I left my corporate job. I was working for a big publishing company, Prentice Hall. And over that time, I had worked with a lot of experts and authors and people like that. And I was primarily helping them to create books and kind of supplemental materials for the academic market. And um, over that time, I learned an awful lot about how to turn expertise into packaged products. And so I helped create a lot of those and so on. And then I went into business for myself, really in those early years of the web, when a lot of the business that I was doing was mostly conducted offline. And then I was a part of sort of this corporate environment where we were starting to move online. 
And so I was a part of that whole transition that happened that's really still happening today in some ways. And I got to work with teams in India and we were producing all this stuff and all of this digital content. And so when I left and struck out on my own, I was really looking forward to working with those kind of companies as well as, you know, companies that wanted to get on the web. I saw a really big opportunity kind of coming up in that dot-com boom, right, in that beginning <laughs> of era. And so I started my business from that point. And so ever since then, you know, I was a part of helping all of these small businesses, authors, experts to basically package their knowledge into products as well as marketing things like websites and so on. And that took me, there's a lot of different aspects of that journey, but they took me into the worlds of internet marketing and social media and so on from there. And then really, I mean, over the last 20 something years, that's primarily what I did. But a couple of years ago, you know, I really kind of came to a point where I wanted to reinvent myself. And I realized I was sitting on a lot of untapped potential that if I could just reconstruct my business model a little bit, you know, it could really change my life in a, in a really positive way and allow me to impact the kind of people that I really wanted to impact, which was people like me, sort of the solo entrepreneur, gifted, talented person who had a lot of untapped potential. And my real passion is, is about that. It's about helping people fulfill their potential. So that's a little bit of a background, but there's a lot to that, obviously. Yeah, I love that. And I think it kind of pays homage to a lot of entrepreneurs who they're kind of like finding their feet in those first three to five years, seven years. And then it comes to a point of where do I actually want to make the most impact in my life, but also with others. And I think you found that sweet spot in your life at this point. Yeah. It took me to become successful in my business and ultimately become very unhappy, you know, doing something that I really didn't love, but it paid the bills and it, you know, it enabled me to run my family and everything. But, you know, <laughs> it took me a lot of where I was just busy all the time and I had built a business around myself and, you know, I built it in a model where, you know, I was capped. I could only take on so much work and there was a ceiling on what I could earn and so on. And I was doing things that I really didn't natively have a passion for. And over time, over, you know, 10 years in, especially, I really started to feel it. And I started to search for, is there a way for me to reinvent, do something different? And it took me a long time to figure it out, but eventually I got there. But yeah, I think that's one of the key things with entrepreneurs is sometimes, you know, if you don't quite know what you're doing when you start out, right, you see an opportunity. Most of us start, we're good at what we do. We want to be our own boss. And then we strike out on our own. And that's typically as much strategic thinking as we do about it. We don't really think about the long game. You know, who is it that I really want to become? What's the big picture here? Who am I trying to be? And what do I really want to accomplish in the world? When we don't start at that big life vision level, and we just start, you know, especially if we're good at what we do, you know, we get busy right away. We get a lot of clients and so on. People give us work. And then we get on this treadmill where we're really, really busy and we can never get strategic about what we do. I found myself in that situation. And I knew that there was a lot of people like me. I mean, the same story you would hear over and over and over again. Even people who are very successful, it's like, I really don't love what I do. You know, I just, I'd like to be doing something else. And I kind of have a real sweet spot for that. That's a real passion for me. And helping people to kind of figure that out became sort of that one thing that I'm really fascinated with and fascinated with helping people with. Awesome. Well, let's dive into that because I really love your passion in that area. You're painting a picture for me, which is so great. And I know a lot of people are going to probably resonate with that. 
But how do we move from that mindset and that lifestyle? How do we make a bridge to get to where we want to be and get more of that freedom and time and finances? How does that begin? Yeah, well, I think most people find themselves trapped at the business model level. I think that's where a lot of it starts. I think that's where you see these symptoms showing up. Like I'm busy all the time. I'm always working and I hate what I do and I can't make any more than I'm making. You know, I'm really trapped. I'm stuck. That's kind of the symptoms. That's how it starts to show up. But the underlying problem is really business model. It's, for example, you may have chosen to go into a business model where you're delivering your solution one-on-one. So you're essentially trading time for money. You're getting paid by the hour or whatever it might be, small packages of hourly sessions or whatever, especially if you're kind of consultant, coach, that kind of a thing. And so you basically are stuck there because, A, your business model trades time for money. And secondly, because your pricing puts you typically in the middle of the pack or the lower end of the spectrum where you're trying to compete on the basis of price. You may be really good at what you do, and maybe you're not the lowest person, but you don't ever charge premium pricing. So when you have that combination of the way you deliver in a one-on-one sort of format, and you've got your pricing locked in at a medium to low tier, that combination just, there's almost no way to get out of that unless you make some kind of change structurally in your business. And so I find the way to get out of that is really A, change the problem that you solve, so that you can charge a lot more, you know, figure out the way to deliver that solution better so that you can do that more efficiently, you can make more money doing that, and also leverage it, leverage your time. So that may mean moving from pure one-on-one work to creating courses, masterminds, group programs, things of that nature, so that you can you know, leverage your time. So those are just a few things, but I think structurally, that's where most of the problem occurs If you can change the structure, you can really change your business. And then beyond that, when it gets into the area of personal branding, like ideally my goal for my clients is to end up in this blue ocean space where like you're the only person, you're the first, you're the only person in there where nobody can compete against you. That's where I would love to take people into that area because that's really where the most joy, the most fulfillment, you know, the most passion, the most place where you can really be yourself and use all of your talents and gifts. That's in that blue ocean area. So strategically, that's what I look at as trying to take people there. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody about trading time for money today. And, you know, I've got my eyebrows done today. And I'm always talking to Paul. He does my eyebrows. He's such a great person. And we got to talking as you do. And he was saying like, you know, well, what what is your podcast about? And I was telling him and kind of talking about tips and tools and strategies for small business owners. And I'm like, Paul, like, take a look at your week. Like, how many hours do you have? And like, how many clients can you see in that time? And if you packed out your entire schedule, how much are you going to make this week? And he's like, probably this amount. And I was like, well, let's talk about the whole year then. And I'm like, so if you worked all of those hours, that's the most you're ever going to be able to make. And he goes, oh, I didn't realize that. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to ever be able to get out of that hamster wheel. So how are you going to think about your small business and actually scale it? And he's like, can you just come back and get your eyebrows done again? (laughs) (laughs) People get stuck in that I need to be with you in person and giving you a physical service or I need to be with you on a call to actually trade my services for time. Well, it's funny too, like, and even in terms of 
the nature of the business at the end of the day. What happens to your business when you can't work anymore? It's just so funny how entrepreneurs, we just go invisible toward the realities of even what we're doing. Like we don't even think about it. Like it took me 10 years in business to even think that I could one day sell my business. Like it was never even a consideration (laughs) for me. That wasn't why I started, right? I wanted to become my own boss and make more money and so on. And I never, I didn't have a frame of reference to even think about business that way, like that you would build it to sell one day. And luckily about 10 years in, you know, somebody came in and made me an offer to buy my business. And that was just very eye-opening for me. It was just like, wait, what? I could sell my business? And it set me on this journey to think about business very differently. Like, what are those things that you have? What are those resources that you have that could easily transfer to an outside party who might want to take over your business, right? So there's a payout at the end. It made right. me think about my business as I'm, I'm really building an asset here, not building a job that it stops when I stop, right? So that, that was a fundamental shift for me when I started to realize like, wow, if I just did things a little bit different. And I turned what I do into like systems and processes that somebody else could take over. I created intellectual property that I owned that I could sell to somebody else, right? It made me think about business really, really differently. And I think for most entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs, it's just about like that, you know, hey, I can be my own boss and so on. But we don't think about things like business model and payout at the end. So all of these big picture considerations, which are critical. They don't even occur to us you know, for a really long time. So it's wow. just funny how that works. Dang, that stung me a little bit because it's really shifting my perspective when you said, you know, I'm building an asset. Like, whoa, that's just definitely stung me a little bit in a good way, in a positive way, because that's not necessarily how I've been thinking about running my businesses. But you're absolutely right. It is an asset. What are the systems, the frames, and the structures that can be then transferred at a later time? Yeah. Hey, you. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the importance of a retrospective. A retrospective is an exercise that allows a team to look back and examine a project, milestone, or even an entire year. It gives everyone on a team a chance to get on the court, get a little dirty, clean up breakdowns, and ultimately look forward to the next wave of business. I recently did a retrospective with my team at Cut Class, and it allowed us to take a look back on our business throughout 2021. We discussed what worked, what didn't work, what was missing, and most importantly, we showed gratitude to one another and asked for gratitude for ourselves. Oftentimes, teams look back on projects from a context of what went right or what went wrong, which can lead to blame culture. But a retrospective flips that approach and reinforces positive performance and behaviors. I challenge you to do your own retrospective and see what you can uncover. I bet you'll be pleasantly surprised as to where it leads you and your business. To grab your retrospective template, there's a link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. And it is kind of the one weakness of the personal brand sort of business is that when you do build a business around yourself as the brand, it requires kind of a magic trick for how do you then get out of that one day where you're not the face of the business anymore. 
And so being strategic about that, like it's great to have a personal brand. It's great to be that face and that person that can build an audience and have people resonating with you, right? But the question is over time, how do you gradually extract yourself out so that one day you can sell your business? And so to me, that involves creating different properties that don't have your name on them. You're the hub of the wheel, but you create all these properties that don't have your name. And then you start attaching other partners and so on into it so that it's not just you. And you gradually over time can sort of abstract your way out of it so that you can turn it over to other people. I think Michael Hyatt is a great example of somebody who's done that very well, I think, with Platform University and some other other people like that. They created a membership community or something, but they gradually took themselves out of it and were able to sell it to somebody else. And then conversely, there are some examples like Kat Von D makeup line. Like she's obviously a really big personal brand, right? And I remember she sold her, I think she sold her makeup line and it lost its luster after it was sold off. Jamie Oliver restaurants, same thing. I think when those were cut out of the franchise, again, you saw that that kind of started to take a little bit of a dip. But for the person who sold it, for Jamie Oliver, he got a payout, right? So yeah, if they didn't manage that sale well and they didn't take take it over well, that's on them. But for the personal brand, really nice to be able to cash out and step away from it, you know? Right. Cool. Excellent. So, you know, sometimes when we're in our own businesses, we can't really see our own blind spots, right? Like until we kind of crash into that car or almost drift into that lane and the car next to us honks at us, right? Because they can see our blind spots, but we can't. So what are some of the resources that you have in your business where you help other business owners and entrepreneurs to see what those blind spots are? How do you help with that? That's a great question. One of the biggest blind spots that I see a lot is people focusing primarily on a tactical level in their business. By that, I mean, they're spending all their time, for example, creating a lot of content. And they're, so they're putting out all this content and so on, but then they find that it doesn't really resonate with anybody. It's not engaging anyone. They're not getting a lot of clicks, comments, views, et cetera, and it's not turning mm-hmm. into the business that they want. And what I find is that by going tactical first, without being strategic, focusing on tactics, tactics, tactics can end up being kind of an empty promise. So, you know, everybody's focused on you know, what the gurus are telling everybody, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. But being strategic about yourself. Now, I'm being specific about personal brand type businesses where you're the face of that business. Being able to really get in touch with who you are, what you want to represent, who you want to be in the world, and how to message that successfully. How to take all those elements out of your personal story. All those things that are likes and dislikes for you. All those things that add color to your personality. Being able to become conscious of those things and then learning how to design your public persona based around those things very consciously, that to me is the foundation of a good personal brand business because that's when the tactics begin to work. If you didn't do the deep work first and figure yourself out first, then you're just kind of flying blind. But when you really know who you want to become, who it is that you want to attract, you know, who are those people listening to? What's resonating with those people and how can you differentiate in that marketplace, right? And then how do you execute the strategies tactically within that? To me, that's the biggest blind spot is that people don't do the deep work on themselves first. They just start 
running out there tactically. They don't, they're taking a lot of action, but they're not really seeing the results. And often they think, well, I'm not getting anybody to look at my Facebook lives. They think that's the problem. Maybe it's the camera, maybe it's the lighting, you know, something like that. And that's not really it. It's that you are, there's something that you need to fix about yourself. You need to bring out the best version of yourself and your messaging and make that really sharp and tight and focused so that people can connect with it. So I think that that's the most massive blind spot is the deep work that people don't even think about doing. It doesn't even occur to them that that's where the real problem is. So that's what I help people with. I take them through a whole process of clarity about that. And is that what your power persona framework uh, mm-hmm. helps uh, solve? Yes. Yeah. It really starts with the inside out. I start with the big life vision. I like to start beyond the business vision all the way back to life. Who is it that you want to become in life in this world over the next five years, 10 years, 30 years? Who is it that you want to become? Because those decisions at the top start to shape the decisions you make at the business model level. Because your business might be completely different depending on who you want to be. You may not even have a business that requires you to be well-known or famous. Maybe that's something you don't even really want. So it's like, well, why are you going to build that kind of a business? Right? Right. Or maybe it's like, hey, I want to speak all over the world. But I also want to be a really at-home parent where I'm really, you know. And it's like, well, how are you going to be? You can't really do both. So you got to allow your big picture vision for your life to shape and define your business vision. And then within that, it's like, who does the personal brand need to be to execute that business vision? Who do I have to be in my identity, in my values, in the way that I shape what I say and who I say it to, who I serve? So all of those decisions are downstream from the big vision area. And then we start getting into things like your personality, teasing out all those colorful parts of yourself that you can emphasize and bring those out. How do we take, again, your story? What are those things that have happened to you that have shaped you in your life that you can now use in your content, in your marketing, in your messaging, and so on, strategically positioning yourself? What makes you different? What makes you unique? And so on, right? So it really goes from there. So I start from the inside out, big picture, who am I, and then how that works out into an external strategy. So it's an inner game and outer game sort of dynamic that I like to use in my framework. That's so cool that you're really aligning the business with somebody's personal values and what they really care about. And I think sometimes business owners can kind of almost live a compartmentalized life. It's kind of a game of this or that. It doesn't need to be a game of this or that. It could be both. And it's really beautiful that you have a framework where business owners can really take that walk with you to kind of make that alignment for themselves. So that's really awesome. Yeah, well, one of the things I've learned over the years is that a person's natural charisma is directly connected to their purpose. When a person is speaking from a place that's tapped into like what they really believe in and what they're really passionate about, suddenly their persona begins to change. That's where their charisma comes out. If you don't really deeply like believe that in your bones, and it's not what you really are like white hot, like super passionate about, you're not going to be very charismatic. And when you can tap into that, all of a sudden it's like this introverted person became like a volcano. Like they're really, the real person starts to gush and they start to flow. And that's what radiates out. And it's that energy and that enthusiasm that connects with other people. 
And that charisma is often the missing ingredient for people. But the secret to releasing charisma is tapping into your larger purpose. That's what brings out all the excitement and all of the emotion and all of the energy. So that's one of the key reasons I like to tap into that at the top. Love it. You know, you have that resource to help us identify those blind spots, but you also have your mastermind. Can you just talk about what is a mastermind for people that aren't familiar what masterminds are and what is special about your mastermind? Yeah, masterminds are where you're bringing people together who are diverse, but also kind of on the same path, right? So there's a trick with that. You don't want to have a mastermind where, well, first of all, the mastermind concept itself originated in the book, Think and Grow Rich. So that goes all, one of the great success classics in that literature, Think and Grow Rich is really where you can learn about the concept of masterminding. But the idea is getting together with like-minded people who have diverse expertise and so on, and everybody starts to contribute to help each other succeed, basically. That's the idea behind it. So when you come into a mastermind that has a theme around it or a box around it, and it's about a specific kind of topic or objective or goal, those people are all on the same journey together, but they can all bring their own experiences and so on into it. So the way that my mastermind works is, you know, there's a body of content that's sort of the theme, core content that everybody can watch and connect to. But it's also then we go on that journey together and we share our experiences and there's real-time feedback, and we all learn from what everybody else is doing. So that's really what I think is special. What else is different, too, is I've brought in principles because of my experience in the publishing industry mm -hmm. and creating all these trainings and curricula. I bring in a real instructional design background into what I'm doing. So unlike a lot of experts out there that are putting out courses and things like that, but they've never really taught anybody anything. They never really learned how to teach. I come from that background, so it's built into what I do that there are these kind of instructional principles that I think make that very different than what else is out there. So those are just a couple of things. But the big thing is the topic as well, people who want to go premium in their pricing and really transform their business model. That's kind of the stuff that we talked about a little bit earlier with business model and pricing. I love that. So for those of you that are listening, it's really cool to have a team of mentors but that you could also have an additional team and a mastermind. Yeah. And it's always so good to have people in your life that have those different perspectives because, like I said, they could help you point out those blind spots. But as Rocky pointed out, it's so cool being in a mastermind that can really get you focused on the same goal. It might be different industries, different businesses. However, Everybody is on the same team to get you to that next level and whatever it is for that theme or what it is that you're up to in your business. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And the one thing, too, that I would say that I've added that I think adds a little bit of a different level to that is that I'm not the only person who runs it. So I've got mm -hmm. other experts, what I call faculty members, who have their own <laughs> specific expertise in certain areas, such as high performance coaching. I don't really consider myself, first and foremost, a coach. But I have somebody who's a phenomenal coach who does assessments and things and really gets to know the person and what makes them tick and how to get them unstuck and subject matter experts. So in areas like Facebook ads or something like that, we have people who are experts in their field as well, and they're all layered in throughout that process. If there's anything that you're getting up to in your business for the listeners out there, if there's like a problem that you're stuck on, if there's something that you want to learn, there's something you want to get better, you want to get better at a certain craft, 
There is knowledge. There is education. It's just at the click of a button. You can search for it. There are experts like Rocky and the and the team of educators that he has that can help get you to where you want to be. So if you're stuck on something, get unstuck. It's very easy in the day and age that we live in to quickly get the information you need and implement it the next day to level up. Rocky, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we go? No, I just would say if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about what I do and get in touch, the easiest way is to jump into my free Facebook community. It's called the Power Persona Project. And we've got a lot of people in there. I've got a lot of great content, great conversation, engagement. And that's the the easiest way to just hop into my world. Again, there's no cost. It's free. So that's at powerpersonaproject.com. And just hop in and get to know me. And you can learn more about what I'm talking about in there. Awesome. Rocky, thank you so much for coming on Allergic to Small Talk today. I sincerely appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Allergic to Small Talk is a production of Cut Class, a place where you can access me, Rochelle Grow, and Leslie Levito. We teach the world how to start and grow businesses without a formal classroom. Executively produced by me, Rochelle Grow, and Cut Class. Creative direction by Sho Kazanjian. Audio editor and producer, Tom Mikiok. And music is by Fami Kaira. If you'd like to access more free resources, check out our sister podcast, Out to Launch, hosted by Cut Class's co-founder, Leslie Levito. She teaches people how to ditch their nine to five to start their own business. See ya. See ya.